0: Welcome to this podcast series asking the question, can art save us? I'm starting the first national and international conversation about courage and curiosity. What do these qualities really mean and why does it make a big difference to our mental, societal and democratic health? I talk to award-winning and diverse artists across the arts to explore these qualities in their lives and work, both to inspire and for us all to learn. I'm exploring why we need these qualities to help change the global epidemic of mental illness, loneliness, polarisation of our communities, and even global conflict. If the arts cultivate courage and curiosity, I'm asking the question, can art save us? My guest today recently received an Amazing Woman Award celebrating her as an arts innovator. The British magazine Women and Home, sold worldwide, hosts these awards for women making a big difference in the world. And this is indeed a very celebratory year for Nikki Galder, CEO of the charity Create. Founded 20 years ago, Create is now a multi-award winning charity, empowering the lives of society's most disadvantaged and vulnerable people. In fact, Create has won more than 120 awards since 2012 and has worked with 40,000 people since it started. This is a charity that changes lives through the creative arts, connecting, inspiring and empowering the people they work with. Working with artists, Create delivers purposeful projects for young and adult carers, disabled adults and children, prisoners, pensioners, marginalised groups, including the homeless, refugees and the LGBTQ plus community. Currently, Create has partnered on a nationwide Feeding Creativity campaign with the Bakers' Jacksons of Yorkshire. Publicised on millions of loaves of bread, Feeding Creativity is reaching schools and children nationwide whilst raising awareness of young carers. And if that's not enough, Nikki continues to volunteer herself, be it as a trustee or with the Samaritans Mental Health Charity, and she has even bigger plans for the next five years. Hello, Nikki, and welcome to Cannot Save Us.
1: Hi, it's great to be here. And thanks for such a lovely, a lovely um, introduction.
0: Oh I'm so pleased you enjoyed it and I'm I'm really thrilled you're here because I I do appreciate you're you're incredibly busy and what an exciting time to talk to you 20 years what an anniversary so congratulations first of all 20 years of creating and to help create a fairer and more inclusive society so this must feel like a huge landmark both personally and professionally
1: it is a really, really special time. I think um, we, on our actual birthday, we had an amazing kind of party for our people, so our artists and our trustees and our staff. And I think for me, the kind of the, the amazing thing was to be able to celebrate 20 years of achievements by all of those incredible people i feel very lucky and very privileged to to be the ceo of this organisation but the work is done by our incredible team our amazing professional artists and it really is the as you say we're almost forty-five thousand participants now and it's it's those incredible inspiring people who who have got me out of bed every day for the last 20 years so yes it's a lovely a lovely opportunity to be able to celebrate um all that we've achieved over over that time
0: Yes, and of course, actually, celebration is really important in itself, isn't it? Obviously, we're acknowledging a huge landmark now, but celebration on all of the small things we can achieve as we go along are so important. And of course, this must be exactly what you're witnessing in your numerous projects, the celebration of of seeing such positive impacts. I wondered if you had any favourite stories even or examples of when you've really been able to celebrate the changes in either children's lives or adults' lives.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's such an interesting thing I... I hadn't really thought about it as celebration, but absolutely I think every project that we run, we work with children and adults, some of whom maybe never done the creative art form before, some who are really, you know, passionate about creativity and it's a really important part of their lives. And I think what our projects offer to our participants is a complete level playing field. Everyone comes into the room, we start with a blank piece of paper, whether we're doing music projects, an animation project, a jewellery making project, a dance project. Everyone comes with the kind of skills and talents that they've got and, um, you know, with the challenges that they have in their lives. Our professional artists facilitate a really safe space for everyone to be able to explore their creativity, to express what they're feeling or thinking. And there are so many moments of celebration. There's the moment where someone who was maybe struggling with dexterity created a bracelet or someone who felt that they weren't going to be able to stand up and perform gets on the stage at the end of a music project and and sings. There are the informal celebrations that we have at the end of every project. So um, that might be just a a collection of artwork or, or music making or dance in the setting where we're working, or it might be like a couple of weeks ago, I was in Manchester for the Manchester Literature Festival. And we brought together four mainstream and special schools to create original music, which they then did a public performance of in Manchester Central Library to a public audience. And that was a much more kind of formal and bigger celebration. So I think there are moments all the way through every project where where we celebrate what our participants have achieved.
0: Yeah, it sounds lovely. And I think it's really interesting that sometimes we almost need to remember to celebrate even what are small achievements. But of course, all of the achievements uh, throughout the Create Projects really are significant because this is about helping to reconnect people, pull people out of isolation. It's also a lovely way of helping people build self-esteem, for example, or rediscover some confidence. And I wondered whether you felt those values that you achieve from these projects are really what makes all of the difference, that it's people discovering that they can feel more confident, they can take new steps, and it's just through trying things out in creative spaces.
1: I think the model that we use is is we, we've been doing... Um, doing the work, as you say, for 20 years. And actually, it's interesting that over those 20 years, the way that we deliver hasn't really changed because we had a successful model and it really works. We bring different participants into a space to create collaboratively and they share ideas, they they start with that blank piece of paper and there's often um, something that kind of defines it. So they may have told us, for example, that they want to, if it was a group of young carers, make a film about bullying, or we might take a group of young people to the amazing Africa galleries at the British Museum and use what they see there as a starting point for a music and dance performance, for example. So there's just two examples of, of kind of starting points. And enabling our participants to think about what they want to create, what they want to say using our professional artists to help them to develop those skills, but also working collaboratively with each other so that they're sharing their ideas, they're building their teamwork skills, and then giving them a chance to to celebrate through either an informal or more formal sharing session at the end. I think those, those kind of key elements enable them to have loads of fun and have space away from maybe some of the challenges that are going on in their life to 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 learn new skills to meet new people we use the um, the nhs's five ways to wellbeing to underpin all of our work so that participants have a chance to to connect with each other to give each other kind of feedback and, and praise, to learn new things, to be active. Um, so well-being is absolutely fundamental to what we're doing. And I mean the, the the feedback that we get all the time is from participants coming into a space, having time for themselves to be self-expressive, do something maybe they haven't done before. Um, meet meet really amazing new people get really amazing feedback from incredible professional artists who are so passionate about their art form I mean it really is an absolute win-win
0: yeah and and it it sounds really exciting as well obviously I realise, you know, there is a huge amount of work that must go into the design and delivery of all of these projects. But it must be so exciting, as you you say, uh, when you're witnessing a win-win. And I I read recently, actually, um, when I was uh, looking at your work, particularly with young carers, uh, the Carers Network has noticed that... um, there are four and a half million additional carers since the pandemic started. And that really drew my attention because, of course, you're at the front line, aren't you, in terms of, of the pandemic, reaching um, vulnerable vulnerable groups and particularly carers. So I imagine you've really witnessed a steep climb in that responsibility.
1: Definitely. I mean, when, when lockdown happened, um, of course, it was it was an incredibly scary time for everybody, and I think everybody um, experienced increased levels of of isolation. And as you say, people who previously hadn't been carers became carers, both both adult carers, but also young carers. And until I, until I was working with Create, I didn't realize that children as young as four or five can be caring for a loved one. And, and when I say caring, I mean, some of those children are caring for 50 hours a week. That's more, more than an average working working week for someone who's in full-time employment. And those those children or adults, they're often far more isolated because, um, I mean, for a young carer, for example, often school can be almost the time of respite, the time where where they're able to go out and um, not be in their home setting. For many adult carers it's almost impossible for them to to leave home at all. And what was really interesting for me was when we designed our Um, response to lockdown so within two weeks of lockdown we had designed and and safeguarded and went live with what we called create live which was our zoom delivery and now that all feels very normal but at the time i hadn't even heard of zoom and i definitely the thought of running a three-day dance project over a computer would have seemed just completely complete anathema and now it feels now it feels just kind of very normal because because we you know we've done it so much and it's been been incredible. But I think one of the really positive things that came out of that was the fact that across the world, we discovered that we can do things remotely. And for some of our groups, like adult carers, who maybe find it impossible to leave home, We are now able to go in and meet them in their homes. And we have a wonderful project which brings together adult carers in. Edinburgh and Glasgow. And we set that project up in 2020 during the pandemic. And we're still running that project via Zoom. We did actually bring them together a few months ago in Edinburgh. We did an exhibition of their work and the adult carers from Glasgow came across to Edinburgh and they actually met in the the flesh for the first time. They built these incredible relationships and really helped one another with their resilience and, and with reducing isolation and, and you know having fun and meeting up regularly for our project and so it was very very special to be able to showcase their work in their public setting and actually bring them together but I love the fact that we're able to continue to meet meet these amazing carers and provide them with something um, via Zoom that they wouldn't be able to attend in person. So that's definitely been a positive for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it. it's a really significant lifeline, isn't it, when you really are able to reach inside a home because you can do it remotely and digitally. I mean, when you mention carers as young as four and five years old, it, it, it just doesn't seem possible, does it? Um, And the risks that those young children are facing. You must witness an awful lot of courage, would you say, amongst young carers. They may not even consider it courage themselves but they're taking on an awful lot of responsibility and they're they're brave enough to turn up and meet their daily commitments aren't they
1: i'm i'm always utterly inspired by every single participant that we work with because they all bring you know the particular challenges that they face and they i mean young carers absolutely some of some of the responsibilities for young carers, you know, they often dealing with medical things for family members. So I remember um, introducing a young carer to a, a, um, a journalist one time, and the journalist asked this young carer, "Do you do anything medical for um, for your for your family?" And she said, "Well." she said she said no no i just do nor- normal caring things like you know shopping and cooking and cleaning and then she said well my dad does have diabetes and so i test i i test his blood four times a day and then decide how much insulin to inject him with and then give him those injections and the journalist said oh so quite medical then, <laughs> you know, and for this young person, because this is what they've always done. And they were 14 and they um, they told him they'd been doing this for five years. And that is a huge responsibility. And I think the thing is so many young carers, I mean, they are just extraordinary, resilient young people. And many of them are really, really proud of their caring role. So, I think it's really important that we recognize that they build Incredible skills that lots of other young people don't have because of the responsibilities they have. They have such amazing transferable skills. Um, Lots of young carers are also responsible for um, money in their home. So 17% of young carers aged 16 to 17 help with the family finances um, compared to 0% of young people who aren't young carers. And we designed a program that teaches financial literacy, money in the home through creativity. So we cover things like needs versus want and and debt and what, what are your rights as a, a vulnerable young person if the bailiffs turn up and how do you weigh up the cost of shopping, maybe in a shop that's very near home that's a lot more expensive than maybe an Aldi that's a 15 minute bus ride and the young people learn about about money but then they create new pieces of music or animation or um, another art form and, and we have this incredible bank of resources now on our website which teach young people about money through the creative outputs of other young people it's, it's just a fantastic program. Yeah
0: it sounds really really significant in terms of uh recognizing as you say the life skills these young carers are actually acquiring uh, almost independently you know i guess you could say learning on on the job in many ways um i i did um i i did read um it was via the Carers Trust Survey, um, Professor Saul Becker saying young carers are being forced to become a hidden national health service. And as you were saying, there is a medical responsibility. So I imagine when Create come in uh, with a project and can enable music or fashion or photography or making jewellery, it really is a space of being able to take care of themselves.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think what we try and do, every project we do is is individually designed for the group of participants that we're working with. And so, as I mentioned earlier, if a group of young carers want to make a film about bullying, because that's something that they really feel they want their voice to be heard around, that's what we'll do. I think giving young carers, and I would say all of all of our participants, participant groups, but we're talking about young carers right now, a space to have really good quality time for themselves where they meet other young people who are in a similar situation to them. So, there's a kind of a shared understanding which enables them to build trusting relationships. I think that our programs, because they're very much focused around collaborative working, building social skills, um, which really help in reducing isolation, particularly when young people are meeting other young people um, who have these shared experiences. They build new skills. There is a complete focus on them. So, all they are thinking about when they're in the room is having fun, um, learning Learning how to make uh, a bracelet, for example, or how to make a new piece of music, and so often young people tell us that they take those skills and then they use them as a way of enhancing their their well-being beyond the program, and that's a really really important part of it. It's really important that the, the staff who work with those young carers week in, week out, they're in the room and they also learn new skills and new approaches from, from our artists. And so they're able to um, use those beyond... Beyond the times when we're actually in there as well, so I think those are those are kind of added benefits. And young carers tell us that the projects really help them with their their mental health. Um, you know, that ability. One young person told me that she. Always has a pad and um, and pencil beside her bed now, and if she's feeling low, she will draw because that was something that she developed on on the program. Another young carer told us that creativity really helps her with her mental mental health, and um, and she said, "and creativity lets me dream." And I I just love that quote. I love the thought of doing a program with Create and then being able to have that mental space and provide, you know, helping with your own, your own resilience because you've got new skills and new tools and, and, and you've had that space that you really need away from the, the, the stresses and challenges of, of caring.
0: Absolutely and it's really um, interesting when you mention or the carer mentioned dreaming because of course dreaming and imagination uh, is all part of a a healthy and flourishing mind and it actually reminds me of um, a reference that um, you made in terms of having a vision um, and this is really um, prior to you formalising if you like create all those years ago and I was really interested in how you might describe um, vision or how your own creative thinking pulled together the idea to even begin create all those years ago.
1: Yes. So at the time, um, I was the chief executive of an orchestra in London, and I was really passionate about taking music as well as into all the places um, you would expect to find orchestras. So on the concert platform and touring and recording and broadcasting commissioning, I was really, really passionate about taking music off the concert platform and into maybe less likely settings. And of course, we have to remember that this was, I was working there 25, 25 years ago. So, this work is more um, expected now. But at the time, I set up a project working in Reading Prison with um, young Young offenders, and I set up a project working with young people who'd been excluded from school, and another project working with homeless people, and these projects were all very, very challenging. Um, challenging participant groups who had, you know, real, real challenges that they were dealing with in their lives, and I absolutely saw the power of. I guess creativity. I mean, it was we were an orchestra, and so it was music. But I saw the absolute power of bringing a, a group of people together with a, a group of professional musicians, and enabling them to express express their their thoughts and their feelings through music, which is so powerful. And of course. It also crosses so many different um, communities. There are so many different types of music that reach so many different people, and it doesn't rely on, um, you know, spoken skills. So for people who are maybe um, struggling with literacy for whatever reason, music is just such a or can be such an amazing leveler. And I just saw the incredible power of music in people's lives. And then, as you say, I had a vision um, in, it was in 2002, of a charity that would work across the UK, across all the creative arts with anyone who was disadvantaged or vulnerable. So that instead of going as I was to a homeless centre and saying, would you like a music project? I could go and say, what are you trying to achieve for your clients? And these are the things that the creative arts can bring. What sort of project would work for you? Um, and so that was really where, where Create, Create came from. It came from a vision back in 2002 of, of that charity.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating um, and such interesting points around music. I've I've had the pleasure to interview musicians and artists. Um, that work, if you like, in borderless orchestras. So the um, orchestra of Syrian musicians, for example, you know, these are displaced people, um, but they've come together through music. And also music has been able to replace trauma and just be able to put the mind and focus back on the joy of music, of remembering traditions and of that creativity. And I think that point you made about not having to rely on language is is really, really, really core into what people, a lot of people need. Um, Even a break from language, if that makes sense, because it's almost a break from your own mind, your own worries,
1: I mean, that orchestra sounds sounds absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, going back to the project I was telling you about that we, we, um, we did in Manchester a couple of weeks ago, we were working with four schools and there was a mainstream school and three different special schools. And some of those children don't have um, spoken language. And so they created original music and song and they signed... So um, all the children learnt the signs for the song so that those who had had um, verbal language and those who didn't have verbal language were all able to communicate. And it was just such an incredible, incredible leveller and incredible the way that this huge group of young people were able to express their feelings. I mean, they actually chose the climate crisis as as the kind of core for um some of the music that they created and seeing how they approached that and how passionately they were able to express what they feel about that through music and then as i say doing an an incredible performance where they they signed as well as um sang for those who were able to sing it's just music is just such a powerful tool
0: Yeah, I mean, that just sounds absolutely tremendous. And, And it's interesting, actually, because whilst we're talking about the benefits of not having to rely on language, it seems to me that the brilliant job or one of the brilliant jobs that Create is doing, it's almost that you are creating a language in terms of you're providing an education, if you like, you're enabling people to discover the creative arts and articulate perhaps in new ways why the arts matter in terms of social benefits, mental health benefits, um, as opposed to perhaps thinking either the arts is something that other people do or or it's perhaps un, untouchable it's a space I don't normally go into um, but actually I think you're providing a real education in terms of really tangible positive useful practical benefits of the arts
1: I mean that's that's so kind of you <laughs> thank you and absolutely I mean we we as a charity we believe that people need to create and um, that creativity kind of impacts well-being and emotional and mental health, that it builds skills, it brings joy, it reduces isolation. Um, It allows people to kind of think differently and to express themselves, whether that's their anger about something, their love, their pain. And it also enables people to be heard. Um, The World Economic Forum has identified creativity as a a core skill for business. And so, when we enable our our participants to be creative, we're helping them in, in, in work and in school. And of course, creativity also kind of inspires and empowers and raises aspirations. We've got one young person who we actually started working with when she was seven years old. And she's now um, 17, and she's studying at the Brit, um, which is you know the really famous place in London where people like Adele trained. And she's currently studying a mix of um, making making films and acting. She's trying to work out which of those two she wants. And she absolutely says that working with Create over so many years and having a chance to ex- experience so many different art forms. And learn new skills, and really find herself, and and find the power and importance of creativity for her has been absolutely life changing. Her mum describes create as her second family, which I which I absolutely love.
0: Yeah, I mean um, that, that there couldn't be a nice there couldn't be a better compliment, could there? Than that, um, <laughs> because also um, I think that really indicates um, a really. Strong sense of trust. And obviously, you mentioned earlier, you know, the importance of safeguarding and even having to adapt to safeguarding online, for example. But nevertheless, this is all about creating trust and also trusting the process, perhaps, of being creative, because it also comes across to me that it's an opportunity to be curious about your thinking, that you can think in different ways, even if it's just through creative play or imagination or just trying something out. Is that something you'd say you you do witness um, with clients that um, perhaps their thinking changes in positive ways that it perhaps becomes more open to new ideas?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that when, when you have a chance to be creative and to you start with a blank piece of paper and you end up with something that you don't expect. I think it gives a lot of confidence about thinking outside the box and um, doing things in new ways and, and different ways. And I think the fact that our projects bring people together to do that, they They learn from each other. So, I mean, for example, one of our projects that I'm incredibly passionate about is called Inside Stories. And it um, enables parents in prison to create original stories for their children so the project runs over a few weeks and we take in first of all a a professional writer and so they write stories and they have to work in pairs um, because our projects are all about building those relationships and sharing ideas and then the second week they work with a visual artist to create the artwork that goes into that storybook with the story and then in the final section they record their stories and they make music as a a team as so a sort of a soundscape that goes behind and then they do the most amazing family day where their children come in and they play their music and read the stories to their children and I think one of the things that is so powerful about that is that often we find that maybe one of the out of the pair who are working together on a story maybe one of them really struggles with their literacy and perhaps lean a little bit more on the other one for for some of the story writing. And we always say to them, you know, creating a story, it's not about being able to write it down in, in, you know, perfect writing. This is about imagining what is it that you want to say to your child. And then you get the second week where maybe um, the person who struggled a little bit more with the writing is stronger on the art. And so, they really learn from each other um, that collaboration, you know, two plus two equals five, I guess, that kind of concept. It's, It's so powerful. But they also realize that having thought at the beginning of the project, there's no way that they can write a story for their children. Actually, by the end of the week, they've written, illustrated, recorded and set that story to music. And then it's published in a beautiful book with a CD. And they each have a personal message for their their child. And they achieve something they never thought they could achieve. And then they tell us, I now realize that I can tell stories with my children, or I now realize I can make music with my children next time they come in on a family visit. So I think I mean, it's just one example, but I think doing something creative and working outside the box really enables people to realize that that's something they can do in all other areas of their life too.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I when I read um, about the My Dads in Prison project and everything you've just said, I just thought it was an absolutely outstanding and breakthrough achievement. And a quote I took away from that from one of the participants, um, one of the dads in prison, uh, was this project has definitely been one of the more productive things I've done since I've been in jail. And I thought, you know, that was just such a huge statement of achievement. You know, we're talking about thinking outside of the box when, of course, these are people who are very firmly inside a box. And, you know, there are so many issues and debates, of course, around, um, you know, the prison system and the idea of reform and how do we best reform people um, and, I think that example of storytelling um, must just be so significant because it's a time to really, for a participant to really explore their thinking, their ideas, what they want to say, and perhaps for the first time, perhaps articulating things even to their children that they've never been able to find a way of doing before.
1: Definitely. And I always love the fact that so many of the stories kind of have a moral tale. I remember many, many years ago, one of the dads wrote a story about um, a dummy. And this dummy, um, the, the, the kind of the refrain was, um, big girls don't need a dummy anymore and i think that you know the story for that 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 young man was that the um, the daughter was really reliant on on this dummy and through this book, he and, and through the story that he wrote, he was basically saying to her, you know, you're a big girl now. You don't need a dummy anymore. And I, I always imagined that, you know, his partner had said to him, oh, I just can't get her off the dummy. And he, he used that moment to to write this beautiful story for his daughter, giving her that message. I mean, there's, there are always messages of, you know, don't talk to strangers or um, it's really important to do your homework or whatever you know the the stories are often have these these lovely messages but they're also fun and playful and um usually based on different characters you know you maybe you have a brave giraffe that meets a um i don't know a beautiful moon or something and the story is about the the giraffe and the moon and those represent the children who the dads are writing about it's very very precious and special
0: yeah, oh, absolutely, and it makes me curious, Nikki, about your own thinking. Um, you know, the, the lovely openness that you have with your your own thinking and your your own ideas and your your willingness to extend that and. I know that actually your decision to go to university was actually led by a chance encounter with a professor on a train. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm desperately curious as to, to what this professor actually said, you know, to change your mind. So I'd love to hear that from you. Um, and then, of course, how university did help you continue to develop your own thinking.
1: I mean, the the, the professor story, I I was on a train. I hadn't gone to university uh, um, after school for various different reasons. And um, I was on a train actually going down to Exeter to stay with my brother, who was at university down there. And I went into the dining car and um, anybody who knows me knows that I often get chatting to people (laughs) in places. (laughs) It was no surprise that I got chatting to this professor and he was asking me about, you know, about what I did as a, a job. And I was telling him about an experience I'd had recently where I'd been dragged by a friend to a concert at the Barbican and I'd literally left walking on air and thinking, why wasn't I aware of how incredibly powerful and amazing and and important classical music, I mean, all music, but that experience was classical music was and thinking, gosh, you know, I really wish I'd known about this. And I wish I could tell everybody about it. And this professor was asking me about my job and what I did and how I felt about it. And by the time I got to Exeter, um, I had decided through this conversation that, um, that I wanted to go to university and I wanted to read marketing and arts and become a marketing person for an orchestra. So I sort of arrive with my poor unsuspecting brother and his friends and bounce into the room and say, oh, I'm going to go to university. I've just met this professor. And one of my brother's friends said to me, you'll never do it. And that was it, really. I I just... um, I just applied and I was really lucky and I got into Lancaster University and at the time it was the only university in England that taught marketing I and mean, of course now you know everybody teaches marketing but then they didn't and it was very difficult to get in and I was just incredibly lucky that I think they liked the idea of having someone who was would bring into the that year some actual work experience as, as well as, you know, all, all the students who came straight from school. And so, yes, I, I went to Lancaster and um, I, on my first day there, we were told that um, we actually weren't going to be studying just marketing, which is what, what I'd signed up for. But in the first year, we had to pick three subjects and we had to study three subjects to the same weighting. And I was just a bit bemused by this whole thing because I'd gone there to read marketing, and I actually ended up picking economics and Italian. And the Italian was amazing because, as well as learning the language, we and and I speak it very, very badly now. But um, (laughs) I did, you know, I did. I spoke it much better then. Um, But we also did Italian cinema and history and art, and um, the art was just hugely transformational for me, Um, exploring. We we studied futurism and looking at these paintings that I simply couldn't understand. And then through this incredible professor, learning how to read paintings and understanding about the futurist movement and how powerful the arts are um, in well, it, just in, in 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 messaging and and politics and and, and so many things, um, and so that was 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 hugely powerful for me during my during my degree. I I wrote a business plan as part of my. My marketing um, degree in my second year, and actually, when I set create up that business plan, was the template that I used to set create up. And then the other thing I did while I was at uni that was just so important was I joined Nightline and became a a listener for Nightline, um, and I ended up running that running that service for two years, and that was just so amazing and then as you say I was a Samaritan for many years and actually I recently left the Samaritans and I'm now um work as a volunteer for Childline so you know it's just been hugely important in my life that that experience of being at uni and meeting that amazing professor I wish I could tell him yeah
0: yeah well you never know he might he might he might be listening (laughs) he might (laughs) but um that is such a significant uh story um the fact that one of your brothers friends said you'll never do it it's it's always so astounding to me when there are characters if you like in our lives that that um try to shut things down um and of course it seems you're very much in the business of showing people they can do it you're enabling people through these projects to discover um or rediscover even, themselves. Um, And it seems to me that perhaps, or would you say you've always been naturally curious or or naturally open that you're not easily shut down and you're trying to make sure other people aren't shut down?
1: Gosh, that's such a good question. It's not something I've... I've, I haven't really thought about it like that before. I mean, absolutely, I think... I am passionate about enabling everybody to have a voice and enabling people to be heard and ensuring that every single person that we work with at Create has a chance to express what they want to express to build the skills that enable them to do that, to feel confident enough to use that voice and to have what they create celebrated and acknowledged we have a no competition policy at create so if for example we do a photography project and we're doing an exhibition each participant will pick their favorite picture or pictures and those will be exhibited we wouldn't dream of saying oh these are the best in however you define best you know 15 pictures that have been created we always celebrate every single participant. And of course, you know, on any project, you might have someone who's never done photography before, and somebody who loves photography and has a camera or uses their phone all the time. And by celebrating each individual, you're able to celebrate the kind of step that 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 individual has made, maybe from a place where they've never taken a photo, to taking something really incredible. And maybe that really incredible photo isn't technically as great as a photograph that someone who's been doing photography for five years has done. But it's really important to us that every single person is celebrated and acknowledged.
0: Yeah, it, it, and it's lovely because, of course, that goes back to really what we were saying um, at the beginning of, of the interview, that celebration really matters. You know, and celebration doesn't have to mean something really over the top with brass bands and balloons, but it's a, it's about acknowledgement, isn't it? Um, You know, we're, we're all coming from different places and we're achieving different things in different ways, and celebration really matters. I wondered, Nikki, if I could share a quote with you because... I loved it and really respected um, everything you said um, in this particular quote and you were were commenting um, on your your own life and you were saying, looking back, I recognise that I have stepped into the dark several times, that my glass has been half full, that I have drawn on my creativity, passion, resilience and drive. And that hard work has underpinned everything. And I just thought that was a really brave, actually, a lovely, open, honest, brave statement to make. So, I love the authenticity that you're able to recognize, you know, when you've had dark times or struggles for whatever reason, because you can really extend that and relate to perhaps people you work with and you have lived that experience, if you like, of when creativity has made a difference to you. I I wondered if there was, was an example you'd like to share even.
1: I suppose one thing that really jumps out for me is um, the, the 23rd of March 2020, where our office was locked by the people who own it, and we were all told we had to go home. And having established and run a charity that is absolutely focused on bringing together people who are isolated and vulnerable and giving them opportunities for self-expression and joy and skill building and all the things that we've just talked about. I was walking home that day um, and If anyone had seen me, they would really have thought that I was a a little bit of a strange person because I was out loud saying, for goodness sake, you are a creative person. There has to be a way. And literally our diary had gone from being full of dozens and dozens and dozens of projects to being completely empty. There was nothing in the Create Diary for the first time in 17 years. And I literally spent the next two weeks thinking, making calls, um, and as I said before, we um, we designed what we called Create Live, which was our our Zoom delivery. And I went from this place of feeling so scared and dark, both because I'm very much a people person and I I I love being with people, and I was very afraid of what this unknown thing of not being allowed to leave home meant for me personally. But more, much more importantly than that, all of our participants around the country and I just couldn't imagine I I sort of felt if we can't find a way, create doesn't deserve to to exist because this is the time our participants need us more than they've ever needed us before. And we're a creative charity. So we really just should be able to find a way and so we designed create live and just the incredible joy of two weeks um two weeks after after that date the 23rd of, of march seeing all these children's faces popping up on my screen and we'd done a we'd done a pilot with a with a few p- young people that we knew really well but then seeing you know all these faces popping up on my screen and thinking, oh, my gosh, we really are doing this. And I think being able to think outside the box and looking at, you know, not only in terms of designing the the, the programme, but also around the safeguarding issues because there were so many things that were different because we were doing it online and obviously making sure that our participants were safe was absolutely, we couldn't possibly go live until we'd we done that. So for me, that was that was one thing, and I think one thing personally um, was doing those projects. um, We when we pilot when we enabled, we we had to upskill all our artists in how to deliver over Zoom because of course they didn't know how to do it. And so what we decided to do was before we allowed each one to deliver live with a group of our participants. We did a session with our staff team, which was just brilliant because it meant the artist had a safe space to try out activities, but it also meant that our staff team, from wherever they were, all came together themselves. And so it was really great for our team's well-being, and they all had a chance to be creative. And I ended up doing a number of photography projects, both through these sessions, but also through attending sessions we were doing with our participants. And so my own personal lockdown project was every day taking a photograph that was something that was positive or beautiful or surprising um, it's amazing how much you discover I'm sure many many of us feel this that when when you're suddenly in your home which I, I Had traditionally spent very little time in my home up till then Um, day after day after day trying to find something new to see and um, and and different and capturing things in different ways that sort of became my personal lockdown project and I have a lovely book that I made of um, of some of those those photographs and that definitely really helped me with my own well-being Um, because it was just it was just a a lovely a lovely thing to do looking in new ways and actually taking just a few moments every day to do something for myself
0: yeah that that's that's really lovely to hear because i i was equally curious actually how creativity and and taking that as an example um helped you and um especially in terms of resilience actually because despite all the lovely accolades and hundreds of awards and so on, Um, running a charity, developing a charity um, is challenging. It takes courage and you've had to get through exceptional times like the pandemic. Um, There's a cost of living crisis. So in other words, you're you're witnessing um, very, very serious social conditions. And I can really understand that Panic of we can't ama- we can't abandon, so to speak, uh, unintentionally. We can't uh, uh, abandon our participants and, and all and all the new clients that that you want wanted to reach. And so, um, building your own resilience, I wonder whether you're conscious of um, that almost being a daily, weekly task, which may be through creative interest, because you're confronted with so many difficult and challenging stories, as well, of course, as the rewarding stories when you see positive change. But nevertheless, this must take an awful lot of resilience.
1: I think it does um we you know as a charity, we have a number of different things in place i mean I'm very lucky I have an absolutely incredible chair and board of trustees who are really supportive. I have an amazing business mentor who I've worked with for many years and and at the, at that I meet with him you know once every couple of months and and that gives me really safe space to talk about whatever I want to talk about. I think the the team here is incredible. Our artists are incredible. And working with them, I mean, resilience, which is, of course, the ability to cope with and recover from setbacks, so much of resilience is about really great teamwork. And so, you know, the story I just told about lockdown, we simply wouldn't have been able to get create live off the ground if the team hadn't absolutely bought into the vision and put in the time and their skills and expertise to think through all the safeguarding and work out how all the technical things were going to to happen and i think working in an amazing team of people who bring their different skills and talents and experiences that really helps, I think, as an organisation to make an organisation resilient. Um, you mentioned about um, meeting people where, you know, I mean, obviously, there, there are upsetting, difficult things if you go into a ch- children's psychiatric hospital, for example. And so, you know, obviously, we have things in place. So, at the end of a project day, the project manager does a debrief with our with our client and our artist to sort of check in with people, and then they would call on to their line manager, and um, we we check in how the day has gone, both the good things, but also maybe more challenging things, and we always ask how how you're feeling and are you taking anything away to make sure that the whole team is feeling really supported when they they have potentially had an experience that might, might be challenging or difficult for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of care involved um, every which which way really, isn't there? Um, and it really is about feeding creativity, um, which of course is the campaign title um, of which you're uh, currently involved with. And I wondered if for the listeners, you'd like to share some context on feeding creativity that's now stamped all over millions of loaves of bread.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! It is just the most exciting thing <laughs> when you when you start a charity. And I mean, my my kind of you know we're 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 in year three of a very exciting and ambitious um, strategy to double the reach and impact of the work, and working with um, with Jacksons and first of all being um, as you say printed. Our brand is printed. On 3 million loaves between July and November 2023. Um, And then they've set up this fantastic microsite where people can find out more about the charity. They funded us to do a series of different projects with young carers and. we together um did this survey around creativity and um that that was that was really really interesting finding out um what you know what what is described as you know x number of brits think or feel and and finding out that 93% of brits say that creativity is important to their well, well-being Whilst at the same time, um, around 25% say that financial situation means that they can't access creativity, and I guess that's kind of where where Create's work come in comes in because we work with people who can't afford all of our projects are free to the end user who can't afford to 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 pay for that and working with jackson's has just been fantastic because it's funded us to do really really important work around the country with young carers but it's also really helped to raise both the profile of the charity but also the absolute importance of creativity which as you know, I mean, as someone who runs a creative arts charity, you know, people need to create and every single person deserves to have access to to the power of creativity in their lives.
0: Yeah. And in terms of the awareness raising that you've achieved to have this stamped on probably the number one household item, you know, that loaf of bread carrying this vital message about feeding creativity and opening that door onto why it's important—what an achievement!
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it really, honestly, I'm even even just thinking about it now. I mean, I have I have a an, an empty loaf wrapper in my um, in my drawer in my desk, and if ever I need to need a little um a, a little boost about you know why creativity is so important and and how how everybody deserves I just need to get that wrapper out it's a it's a very exciting thing
0: (laughs) yeah it is And, and, and another thing to say congratulations for um in your amazing 20 years so I'm just wondering if I can um just finish on a couple more questions um, as as I race the clock. Of course. And one being that this season publishes on November the 20th, which is World Children's Day. And so, with all of your amazing insights, experience, um, you know, I know that you take great care in evaluation and reports in terms of all of these projects. I wonder. What your key or, or even your most urgent advice might be to anyone who's listen, listening, including policymakers, as to why children need equal access to the arts and creativity.
1: I mean, you're absolutely you're absolutely on my favorite, my favorite subject, really. Um, I mean, I read a brilliant report the other day that was talking about why um, every child, in school, should have four hours of creativity a week, and it covered it covered kind of three key areas really. One is that the creative industries are absolutely huge in terms of employment. I mean, they they delivered one hundred and fifteen point nine billion of of um, gross value added. They're an enormous exporter, and the simple fact is that they are a huge employer. So, if we want our young people to have chances to have really amazing, inspiring jobs, they need to to be creative. But more than that, outside those jobs in the creative industries, as I mentioned earlier, the World Economic Forum has identified creativity as an absolutely key skill for business. I think they're rating it number two at the moment. So, even if you're not working in a creative industry, you need to have creative skills. And I think with the um, the kind of rapid invention or, or expansion of, of AI, that is only going to be even more important. And then the third really key thing around the, the employment and, and jobs and skills thing is that the creative arts provide all of the things we've talked about during the, the interview. They provide inspiration. They enable us to dream. They provide resilience and well-being and so joy, so many vital things. And in this report, it talks about the fact that um, with everything that's going on with the the mental health crisis that's going on for young people with the cost of living crisis with the post brexit etc all of those things more than ever before young people's well-being needs to be looked after and nurtured and the creative arts do that in such a powerful important way i mean the bottom line is every single person needs to be have a chance to be creative and so you know on this really important day that's what I would want to say please enable each young person each child to have the chance to benefit from everything that the creative arts provides
0: yeah here, here, obviously coming from <laughs> cannot save us but uh, <laughs> um, and actually and um, just to reflect on the series question cannot save us or or can can creating save us? But um, I'm interested in in what thoughts um, you you bring to that question. Can art save us? I
1: mean, I would ha- of course I would have to say yes. I mean, I was reading some really interesting stats recently around. Um, I mean, some really really, really important and basic things. So participating in arts reduces doctor consultation rates by 37% and can reduce anxiety by 77%. And I think the thing which blew my mind the most was that attending one arts activity per month can increase life by 10 years. Wow. Wow. That's so significant, isn't it?
0: And perhaps this goes back to the point I made earlier that I really do believe that you're delivering a really significant educative service because this kind of information um, is really helping people understand more easily and more clearly why the arts and creativity matters. And it's helping all of us to articulate a better understanding as to why we should make more time and effort to include the arts and creativity in our lives. Absolutely. I,
1: I couldn't
0: agree more. Well, Nikki, um, I have to say a huge Thank you for making the time um, to talk to me today, because, of course, as I was researching your work, it became more and more amazing to me that I had managed to schedule an hour with you. <laughs> so thank you very much. Um, and also, it's really exciting to be able to talk to you um, in this particular year, this, this 20th anniversary year, if you like. It's absolutely phenomenal what you've achieved. And for the listeners, when you head to um, Nikki's episode page, it will be signed to all of the work that Create does. And so you can explore more, take ideas, make contact, become a supporter, or just find out more. So Nikki, thank you very, very much
1: again for talking to me today. Thank you so much, Paula. It's been an absolute pleasure.